Welcome to Shortcut Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for July 16th, 2023, the seventh Sunday after Pentecost in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are we? I'm good. Good? I, I bought gas today and we're, we have a plug-in hybrid now. Oh, It is amazing the difference that's making on cost. Mm. I bet. Like, what's the size of the tank? Is it is it still like a normal tank, but like a battery? It's about ten gallon tank. Okay. And I had a big SUV before that had like an eighteen gallon tank, mm-hmm. and went like five miles. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I we bought this car back in November, used a great deal. I figured it out, um, and roughly estimating, I think I've saved two million dollars. Yeah. That. I mean, it's, it's just clearly that's a roundup. Yeah. It's a roundup well, to two, maybe. Uh, so somewhere in the one million plus so, range, somewhere between zero and two million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it really is fun to see how quickly it fills up and how seldom I have to fill it up. It's... I I remember that when uh, the the first time um, I bought a ULEV uh, a, a long time ago, uh, the difference it was not having to go to the pump uh, as meant, yeah. as often and uh, totaling up what I was spending. Uh, I felt the, the problem was my, Amer- the, the American side of my brain thought, well, now I can go. <laughs> now, I can, now I can just travel more. Yeah. <laughs> Which I want to get you know, my share of hydrocarbons right, into the atmosphere. Right, right, right. Now, now that I can afford to go further uh, yeah. and longer, I, Let's I, do it. I'll do it more often. This is great. Uh, sure. I'll drive to the South side of the city and pick you up. Like, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, so, uh, but uh, but yeah. That, well, congratulations on that. The uh, made for a good uh, day. If we uh, if we get if we, if we get the other half of our ener- energy consumption uh, to uh, rely on uh, a lot more solar power, it'll you know we could actually start to see quite a bit of difference uh, starting to be made. Uh, I, I gotta give full credit to our. Uh, daughter and son-in-law they live in illinois and Mm -hmm. so it's much more easier to do so but they not only bought an electric vehicle but then about a year later maybe maybe more than that we're able to put up solar solar panels Mm -hmm. so that it really is now uh, completely no carbon being consumed for energy vehicle yeah yeah exactly uh which is great yeah which is which is good on them yeah as you say Good on them. Yes. Um, well, uh, what do we all? What, what all do we have going on uh, with the church? July sixteenth. Uh, so middle of July. A lot of people still traveling. I believe it's we have the a travel month. We have a. Uh, is it a book club thing? Yeah. Starting book. starting up. Well, not starting up. It's it goes year round. They love their books. It takes me a year to read one. <laughs> well, that to... you're you're on to another one. They are on to another one. Um, I'm forgetting the title of it, but I know it's, they're doing two summer reads mm-hmm, for okay. July and August. Okay. Um, and, uh, Kathy, my wife's part of that group and she's been giving me plot summaries full of spoilers cause it's a murder mystery. Ooh. So I better not say anything more, but Very do good. check the website. I'm assuming the, the butler did it. Uh, and, uh, Ooh, but... it's better than that. <laughs> oh, the butler's son. Um, <laughs> and warmer. um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 pretty cool. A murder mystery. Um, uh, uh, w- do you think the, uh, the 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 book club would ever be uh, uh, interested in uh, reading potential bills for states uh, legislatures? 
help me maybe <laughs> sift through some of that stuff. No, no, but actually one of our parishioners works on that. So talk to me later. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, uh, anything else? Do we want to promote anything for the month we, of July here? Sunday still happens and the worship is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So summer, months are, summer months are a little bit more uh, relaxed and uh, mm-hmm. uh, not as chock full of, of things because we know how things are. It's, uh, it's, it's busy. But, but, but there, there are still refreshments yeah. <laughs> after the services. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever it takes to make church look good on a hot day, we'll do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the air conditioning. Seriously, the air conditioning is working great this year. Yes, it is. That not, has not always been the case. Uh, you're going to hear the sound. Knock on wood. Thank you. <laughs> And oh, it just died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a it, yes. Come on in for the air conditioning. <laughs> come for the air conditioning. Stay for the Lord. That's right. There you go. <laughs> oh, marketing genius. Uh, let's go, <laughs> let's move on to uh, to our uh, this day in church. Wait a minute. I think I just heard God do a head slap. There. You go. <laughs> If the, is that what a thunderclap is? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> that thunder you hear is God going, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. <laughs> oh my Ben. <laughs> uh, this day in church history, July 16th. Uh, got a number of different entries and we're going to start with an interesting one, I think. Uh, coming from 1338. German princes and electors of the Holy Roman Empire rally around Ludwig IV of Bavaria at Rents, declaring that an emperor's authority comes directly from God and is, is awarded by the electors' votes and does not uh, doesn't need papal approval. So, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, a lot of uh, um, so the Germanic influence on the uh, Holy Roman Empire is uh, strong at this point. Yeah. Um, Pope John Twelfth, warring against Ludwig through proxies, has claimed the right to approve whoever has chosen Holy Roman Emperor. Wishing to eliminate German influence over Italy, the Pope has ordered Ludwig to resign, and when he doesn't, excommunicates him. Leading churchmen and scholars, however, take Ludwig's side, including William of Ockham, uh, Marsilius of Padua, and John of Jonten, Later, Ludwig will conquer Rome and establish a pope more to his liking. Yeah, well, that shows him, right? So, uh, what's the phrase from uh, from my favorite Star Wars movie? The more the more that the the more you tighten your grip, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Uh, so, uh, hoping to get rid of the Germanic influence. Uh, Really, kind of just brings it back in full. Well, and in all semi-seriousness, they tried the same playbook with Henry VIII, mm-hmm. and um, Henry didn't try to invade the Vatican, but did pull his whole country and all of their riches out of the Roman Church, mm-hmm. much to both the Pope's disappointment and weakening his international political standing. Yeah. So. It failed at least twice that we know of. There you go. It's uh, <coughs> excuse me. It's 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 historically not a great move. Like uh, right. you know, it just it it uh, hoping to quell or quash something uh, often leads to what a lot of people see as overreaching mm-hmm. and really does uh, take them off. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and sometimes I feel like uh, brings people into it that don't even care. They're like, yeah, when yeah, when pay attention to wait a minute, what's happening here? Right? Why am I getting pushed around? Yeah. Why am I? I don't know. I don't know what it is you're about, buddy, but I don't like you. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know why uh, I, don't, I don't know why he took on that accent. Come on, buddy. <laughs> At least you didn't try. Let to us get the fisticuffs. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's just the first entry. Uh, moving on to 1410, Archbishop uh, Zybinek of of uh, Prague work has works of Wycliffe burned in Bohemia because they had been condemned by the by antipope. Alexander V, who Zybinek had recently accepted as the legitimate pope during the papal scheme. Papal the papal scheme. what? Papal, or sorry. Schism? Schism. Okay. The papal schism. <laughs> Not the scheme, schism. Uh, scheme, that sounds cool in that way, man. It's probably just a schism. I mean, <laughs> and it was. also a little bit of a scheme, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it actually was, technically. So yeah, the works of uh, Wycliffe uh, uh, burned up uh, in Bohemia, so... Uh, there was a lot of burning up of stuff. In there, the yes, papers, people, yeah. you know, towns. Fifteen forty-six, Anne Askew, a staunch Protestant, is burned. There you go for yeah. denying the doctrine of transubstantiation after weeks of being questioned and racked. What year? Fifteen forty-six. And where? Uh, it doesn't say. Actually, I was okay. I was just wondering if we could actually legitimately use a Monty Python quote. You might be able to. Let's see here. Uh, uh, Anne Askew. Uh, English writer, po poet, and Protestant preacher. Nope, can't. English. No one expects. Oh, the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> right. Uh, death where? Let's see. Let's see. Nope. Smithfield, London. So they were just copycatting the Spanish. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, transubstantiation. So wait, what year? 1546. Gosh, so if she'd only held on a little longer, <laughs> she would have walked away scot-free. Isn't, isn't that the way it is throughout yeah. a lot of history? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm thinking that's probably a Bloody Mary move. Yeah, Because before that and after that, it was... England was much more of a, we're not Catholic. Right, right, right. But yeah, transubstantiation is still a thing that uh, is well, debated less hotly. <laughs> pun, 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 pun. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but uh, uh, less debated, but it is still a, I mean. It was, it's a doctrine in the Roman Catholic Church. Right. And not in the Episcopal Church. Right. There are, we have some <clears throat> Episcopalians who believe it. They're free to do so. Absolutely. But it's not a requirement. Yeah, we have a lot of form, f former Roman Catholics yeah. uh, uh, you know, within the the Episcopalian ranks. And mm -hmm. for sure, that that is one of those that things that has a tendency to come uh, over with from time to time. Yeah. Um, I'm personally not a big fan of the idea. I don't like the, the thought of it becoming physical... Body and blood, not my favorite. Wimp. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, well, and we don't have time to get into all the subtleties, but the more sophisticated Roman scholars can talk about it in a way that doesn't require a, a molecular transformation. Mm -hmm. But um, but there are certainly Roman clergy that do say, "Oh yeah, if you could get a big enough microscope, you could find some Jesus in there." 
but they're <laughs> like a lot clergy in all denominations. We have our fair of idiots. It's <laughs> right. It, it, yes, it's the size of microscope that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only problem. <laughs> Still looks like bread, but you need to manage yeah. it. <laughs> Tell me again, Father, what I'm looking for here. Or? But yeah, no, I, I, uh, 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 it is not a cornerstone of my of, of my faith. Let me just uh, let me just put it that way. Um, 1686, we see the death in Chester, England, of John Pearson, Bishop of Chester, a careful. I like this. I like that word. A careful scholar and systematic theologian with great knowledge of ancient writers. His most famous work was Exposition of the Creed. That's a good one to do. Yeah, right? Can't, so Can't say I've read it. I, I like that description, though. A careful scholar and systematic theologian. Um, so kind of more, it sounds more like, like the uh, scientific approach uh, applied to... I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I don't know. Careful and systematic. I mean... Well, okay, systematic. I suppose that's the point of view of, it depends on your point of view. <laughs> systematic actually is an approach to theology rather than a description of how you do it, do theology. Right, right, right. Okay, so you're you're going on the careful part. Careful, but well, syst the, the systematic uh, approach to theology is, still has a, Still has a systematic nature to it, right? I mean, you're you're it, it is it is not a maybe I'm wrong on this. Why don't you describe <laughs> systematic the theology for me then? Well, systematic theology is an approach to explaining how the world works, particularly God in it, that is very much an A plus B equals C. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that the reason it's called systematic is that different theologians through the centuries have tried to say this is the system God uses to do everything, mm -hmm. to create, to uh, offer salvation, to write scriptures, mm -hmm. and it gets really minuscule. Mm. Um, to try to prove that my system is better than your system. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, as in more accurate. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and the problem is that there's we're finite beings, mm -hmm. and so our finite brains cannot create even uh, artistic image of the divine that anywhere comes close to covering all the bases. Sure. So sure, sure. it automatically makes systematic theology impossible to achieve. Okay. Then I was, I was halfway there just not thinking about the, 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 uh, the implied end result because I was thinking like, yeah, a series of systems in order to explain, like a, that sounds very scientific to me, but not, not yeah. thinking about how, uh, uh, you then it is you designed to be all in an all encompassing explanation uh, really, if you don't have room for like, hey, maybe you won't be able to figure this part out, you know what yeah. I mean? Or like have any. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing more in need of the phrase beyond here be dragons mm -hmm. than theology. As gotcha. in beyond here, we just don't know. Right. But up to there, this is a good map. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not how systematic theology works. Gotcha. Gotcha. Or wants to work. Uh. Oh, here, here we have a California entry here. Ooh. 1769, Father uh, 
Junipero Serra celebrates high mass before a hewn wooden cross at San Diego, where he opens the first of nine missions in California. Other Spanish priests from his mission will open 12 more. So. When in California, in fourth grade, for decades, we had to make a model of one of the missions. Oh, really? Yeah, I huh. enjoyed it. It was sort of the entry-level drug for building a model railroad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but every once in a while, I'll see even in a Michaels out here or another craft store, a California mission styrofoam kit. Huh. And that's, that's the cheating way to do it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And um, he did some terrible things to the indigenous populations. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not not uh, not an entry here. <laughs> no, and the Roman Catholics fairly recently made him a saint. I mean, like oh, really? within the last okay. twenty years or so. Huh, interesting. Um, eighteen fourteen, we see the baptism of twenty-seven year old. Uh, uh, how would you use it? Hold on, let me think. Uh, Kai Gao by missionary Robert Morrison at a remote spot in the hills along the shore of Maca uh, Macau. Chai Gao will go on to destroy his idols and to assist with Chinese publications before his death of lung disease less than three years later. So early uh, Chinese uh, Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, 1915, we see the death of Ellen G. White, one of the founders of the Seventh-day Seventh Adventist Church and right. advocate of... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let, let, let's hear it all out. And an advocate of healthy diet. Claiming, I have eaten that healthy and diet. Then, and then we'll go another direction. <laughs> Claiming hundreds of visions, she was widely reviewed as a prophetess. Uh, she helped found Battle she Creek. not widely. Anyway, go on. <laughs> By Seventh-day Adventists, yes. This, the authority of this one is from Britannica, the Encyclopedia of Britannica. So uh, uh, as far as skewed views go, uh, less I'm, so. I'm glad it's from there. But... <laughs> there you go. Uh, she helped found Battle Creek College, uh, which is now Andrews University in Barron Springs, Michigan, and a school in Australia, uh, the precursor of Avondale College. Yeah, the Seventh-day Adventists are fascinating because they're so bizarre. <laughs> there, it, it, there is, I agree with you, there's a and level of fascination. Sexist. Yes, yes. But there is a level of fascination that I have with uh, that, that particular, uh, um, what would you call that, an archetype, a branch, uh, like it's... It's weird enough. It's not, that it's a, not a branch. It's not a cult anymore. Right. It's but but it's not a branch. Like I, it's it's it's, it's not a denomination. It's different enough that it, I wouldn't call it a branch off of any of the the you know it's it, I don't know it's okay. What year is her date? Uh, Nineteen fifty. Yeah, it was a part of a t early twentieth century um, apocalyptic movement in the U.S. Mm. where there were all sorts of preachers of various christian or secular religions saying the world's going to end yeah you know the industrial revolution's terrible yada 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 and the seventh-day adventists and jehovah's witnesses were two of the groups that <clears throat> survived that but there were hundreds yeah. of people standing in bed sheets on mountaintops literally saying yeah the angel gabriel's coming for us or not <laughs> yeah yeah and they forced the, their headquarters is in Loma Linda, California, which I, I served a church hmm. just across a hill from there. Their Darwiner Schnitzel fast food hot dog restaurant could not serve any meat-based hot dogs. It all had to be vegetarian because part, part of their dietary the, restrictions yeah, the are vegetarian. And they were terrible. 
It was an anathema, I tell you. <laughs> so now we know what really skewed your view right. of the Seventh-day Adventists. Like, when I was young, I had one of your hot dogs, and I've been scarred ever since. I was about 30. <laughs> I was making hospital rounds. I think you and I both lunch. would consider that young at this point. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The, the, the city, Loma Linda, is interesting. And, and one of the things they did emphasize and still do that is helpful is medical research. Mm. So they do have a science, a respect for science side. Mm-hmm. And have have their universities and medical schools have made some very important uh, medical discoveries and developments sure yeah 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 nothing's all bad yeah and they don't knock on doors they stand on street corners but they don't <clears throat> knock on doors yeah true uh 1972 soviet agents martyr baptist private ivan uh vanya moisevev uh after months of persecution because of his christian faith and because he has been leading other soldiers uh in there in uh in in russia to christ and not just to Christ, but to Baptist Christ? Uh, the, it looks like that is the case, yes. Yeah. And so, well, even today, that might get some blowback. But yeah. back in the communist era, it was hugely bad. You could yeah. at least, you know, their view, Russian view, or Soviet view was you could at least, if you're Russian Orthodox, we won't immediately kill you. But if you were Baptist, that meant you were a Westerner. Right. And therefore yeah. on the wrong side. Yeah. 1974, Paul Wei Han, physician, scientist, and educator, the first president of Yangming Medical College, represents Taiwan's Christians at the uh, Lusane uh, Conference, July 16th through the 25th. Okay. So, there you go. And then uh, finally, in 1998, death of uh, Jeremiah Olatsui. Oh, man, this is going to be bad. Akaradolu. Oh, I didn't do too bad. He did. Uh, yeah. First Anglican bishop of Akoko Diocese of Nigeria. What year? 1998. Death of uh, Jer- Jeremiah Olatsi. How do you describe his position? First Anglican bishop of Akoko Diocese. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't say Anglican? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Anglican. Angelican. <laughs> He was an angel, okay? <laughs> he is now. Uh, well, interesting. The the timing of that, mm-hmm. until until he came along, well, I shouldn't put it that way, until he became bishop, the bishops for Nigeria came from England. Hmm. Okay. And they, in it took until that long for England and the political powers in Nigeria and the indigenous ones to find a way to make Nigeria no longer a colony of England. Yeah. Yeah. Not 1998, but more like 30, probably 30 years yeah. prior, like a 1960s, 1950s. Later than that. 1970s. It was, it was like around 1970, 1975. It was to me amazingly late. Wow. I had to look that up so that I could understand a clue in a British murder mystery on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, the uh, the, the the empire took a long time to actually quote unquote fall. Yeah. In fact, in a way in in some ways it's still technically falling. I mean, we've even seen yeah. uh some some trailing effects of that uh with the uh, the the recent death of the queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, people finally, you know, some of the some of the provinces finally making the decision of like, eh, it's okay, dying. we're done. Now. You know, yeah, it was, you know, it was quaint before. And, yeah, you know, not now's a good time for a change. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, uh, let's acknowledge the way it actually is and, and, and be all done with it. So, um, but yeah, it, 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 the influence was, was, was wide. I mean, I was, I was, I still remember when, uh, when, when Hong Kong, when they oh, finished yeah. turning over Hong Kong, yeah. which is like you said, amazingly late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A long, long time. Uh, lots could be said about that. Of yeah, course, they should but... turn it over to Taiwan. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Taiwan would have been obliterated by now. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's a, there's, there's a lot that could be said there. Um, uh, well, let's move on to our first reading. Why not? Uh, first reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 10 through 13. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and instead and it shall I've got to know a rhythm there. Mm -hmm. uh, it shall be uh, to the Lord for a memorial for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Um, third Isaiah? Third Isaiah. Third Isaiah. Um, who is he talking to? Israel. Just Israel in general? Okay. The people. I really like the way, the, the imagery of this. Um, uh, obviously, you know, precursor to any scientific understanding of how precipitation works. Uh, really. I mean, like, just in that, like, it came down People from heaven. People were smarter than we give them credit for. That's, that's I'll true. Say that you may continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but in that, like, I really love the, the imagery of this. Yeah. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, uh, you know, just uh -huh. uh, which would have been seemingly unseen, you know, not to the visible to the eye really, uh, until they have watered the earth. And so, like this this poetic kind of uh, uh, description of circle of life concept. Right. Um, purpose. Yeah. And purpose, um, that precipitation goes, you know, not just to, uh, water the earth and feed the crops, but that those crops then create food for the humans who plant it. And, mm -hmm. and it gives, gives well, off it, this, this life. As we would say today, really reshapes the ecology. Yeah. That, that in working with the people, with the, Farmers and all, yeah, it it changes the landscape to right. favor, especially human life, frankly, but all all sorts of other forms of life. Yeah, and it's a nice um, it's it's nice to see it. Uh, Isaiah then go like, hey, yeah, well, I shouldn't say Isaiah, the the author of Third Isaiah, um, use the short name, uh, to then take that imagery and be like, that's what I want. Like, I want to be this life-giving, life-affirming force in the world, and I want my words to do just like that. Like that, yeah. that you know, the equivalent of watering the earth and putting food in your stomach. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and uh, I really, I really dig, I really dig that. I vibe with that, uh, that, that mentality of, uh, of, you know, 
maybe he's not necessarily intending to come across this way. Maybe there's more to it. It's only four verses long, but like, you know, uh, this, this, uh, reaffirm this affirming force of nature, this, this, mm -hmm. uh, useful, the, the sense of trying to be useful in the world. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, 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 I like that as a kind of a mantra. If we, if I wanted to borrow it, if I felt like borrowing it, it wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Um, and this even actually does even there at the beginning of 12 you know, show shall go out in joy and be led back in peace again like kind of this mm -hmm. you know what's the procession doing right 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 and if you go out with joy you know what are you going to be met with it's kind of hard to be you know violent towards right. a really really happy person mm -hmm. uh, you got to really <laughs> really be off kilter right The, and it, this is a callback to about, I'm doing math in my head, about 10 verses before. So second Isaiah. Okay. Um, that has a very, has an extended period through the, the early forties of chapters mm. about what happens when God's word goes out and that it's, um, it's creative, prophetic, bringing justice, it's teaching, it's revealing God's voice, and it's public. Mm. And so oh, scholars think that the writer of 3rd Isaiah said, yeah, that's that's all good, but let's summarize it with this. Sort of mm. like what you said, so that's a mantra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can also see, since 3rd Isaiah is about returning back to the land promised and promised yeah. them, um, the intention here potentially from isaiah is we fighting uh a um fighting any sort of mentality that might be coming back with the people about um being angry yeah. upset uh um wanting vengeance yeah um uh, yeah, yeah. Let's wait till we can raise an army and then yeah, go back out there. those guys. Yeah, exactly. Or or um or or, or you know um, dissatisfaction about. I, I would imagine he'd also they'd also have some people who were like, you know what, it wasn't that bad. And like, yeah. do I really want to go back there? My ancestors talked about how hard it was, and everybody kept coming back through and conquering them. And mm -hmm. you know, am I what? Yeah, you know, aren't we safer over here? So like, trying to combat that of like, hey, look, this is what we're doing, and let's go out. Uh, let, let's let's have this mantra, this mentality as we mm -hmm. return home, so that instead of you know, instead of, uh, cause our word words are seeds <laughs> essentially. And instead of, uh, getting there and sowing thorns or briars, let's, uh, let's raise, uh, you know, beautiful, long lasting cypress trees. Uh, I'm not entirely sure the imagery of myrtle, what it's necessarily, is it a rare, <laughs> rare plant? Is it a, well, the, like, what, the myrtles I'm, I'm familiar with are drought resistant trees. Oh, Okay. So they're they're beautiful blooming. They give shelter. They produce wood. They grow grow relatively quickly. Kind of like they're very much like a cypress tree, but with leaves instead of cypressness. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm looking at it now. It is a it's a small tree, um, which is why it can survive well in a dry environment. Yeah, it's pretty though. Yeah. Jeez. Um, 
Okay, so yeah, these these uh, uh, which would have been trees of the region. Yeah. Uh, um, so um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and because of this chapter, all sorts of churches uh, have the have myrtle trees if they live in a dry if they exist in a dry climate. So oh, okay. My last couple parishes had myrtle trees out huh. in California. Cool. Um, and the reason for it had was probably totally lost to most parishioners. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Um, what else? Is there anything else that we want to cover about this Isaiah reading? I mean, it's a... Well, one thing we, we've been implying, but just to say it explicitly, um, is third Isaiah here is trying to say there is a result that we produce as humans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's crucial for the well-being of the whole wide world that we produce that. Hmm. Uh, it's not just for our benefit. It's not just to get us into heaven. It really is for the sake of the whole world. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll add, having lived in a desert environment, is that um, cycle of water. I bet was very well known to the people, to the listeners of this. Yeah. That. You can you can almost well you some days you can see the water come down or go into the soil, and by the next day the soil is bone dry, and there's a cloud above you. It's like oh okay there it is again. Hmm. Hope it rains again. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they, they, this imagery would be uh, of very easy uh, um, connectivity, a very easily connected to uh, uh, imagery. There were yeah. farmers and animal farmers. Well, I mean, that anyone was, that was short pretty of, much it. Anyone who was below the level of extremely wealthy would have firsthand knowledge of this rain cycle. You're right. Because yeah. it determined when you when the well was going to be no longer dry and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, shall we move on to our song? We shall. Psalm 65, 1 through, one through 13. And the, the first eight verses are optional, but not for us. <laughs> uh, we'll take the challenge. challenge. Challenge accepted. I can read 13 verses. Let's see. Uh, Praise is due to you, O God and Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who answer prayer, to you all flesh shall come. When deeds of iniquity overwhelm us, you forgive our transgressions. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with deliverance, O God, of our salvation. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. By your strength, you established the mountains. You are girded with might. You silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. Those who live at earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. You make the gateways of the morning and the evening shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers, and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. 
The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. Um, this is a, seems like it's a hymn praise. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, as opposed to uh, the, the subtle nuance of more of like a personal prayer. Right. Um, it's more communal. More communal. Uh, once we get into, you can kind of see why uh, they say verse one through eight is optional because starting in verse nine, we get right into that water imagery that we right. just uh, left with our first reading. So you can kind of understand where they're like, hey, if you really want to just cut to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> And see the connective tissue as to why we uh, why we chose it. So it does kind of make me wonder um, uh, uh, if if there's anything um, if there's anything about the verses one through eight that uh, kind of maybe steer us in a different direction or or, oh, or something. I'm uh, so glad you asked. Oh, excellent, good because I wasn't sure that was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this Psalm sixty five is in three sections. Okay. And we get the third section assigned. Okay. And one of the things that drives um, some biblical readers crazy is the um, messiness of these three sections. Okay. They relate to each other, but not in, not linearly enough for some folks. So, um, the basic, okay. So the first section that goes through verse four mm -hmm. is about the temple and worship in the temple. Okay. The second is addressing God and how wonderful God is throughout all creation. Mm -hmm. And then the one that's really assigned is centered on the earth hmm. and rain and water and, um, crop production and things like that. Interesting. So almost as if like the psalm has three different voices. No. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is this is what will make someone nutsy is that here in the Bible is a single person being messy with imagery and theology because they are trying to communicate that our understanding of God is inadequate. Just what we were talking about a few huh. months ago about yeah. systematic theology. Yeah. That don't make me a systematic theologian, darn it. Mm -hmm. These things are important. They're all connected, but it's not A plus B equals C. Right. Okay. Well, then that's a, I actually like that better than in my head, like a, uh, this hymn uh, that maybe is passed around by uh, orators at the, you know, during yeah. the service of like, praise be to you, God. And I'm like, what about the earth? <laughs> I'm going to talk about the earth. <laughs> Bill, give it up. Oh, my gosh. We're doing... It's later. Later in the church service. Sally, be ready for water. <laughs> so I actually kind of like that better. Uh, yeah. um, uh, in, in, in it being a, a single voice. Um, and just uh, just uh, uh, then it's, it, it, you're really just kind of bouncing around, you know, just trying to be like, I definitely want to get to these three points. I don't have the greatest transition, so uh, Forget. yeah, <laughs> not yeah. gonna use one, right? Exactly. Um. So, uh, um. But yeah, that's 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 interesting. So and, the first four are about communal worship, and then five through eight are about God. You know, God's 
strength and 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 uh, omnipresence. Yeah. And then uh, eight through through thirteen are are um, the earthy part. Yeah. Huh. And interesting. What what may very well be happening here is the author of this recording perhaps more accurately than most if not almost all how our brains work when we encounter god Mm. of oh this reminds me of what happens in the temple oh my mind's blown look at all that yeah magnificence and then i'm walking down the street and that feeling's still with me oh the flowers the water the, that that it it could very well be a very accurate description of the human experience of revelation of hmm. a revelation of yeah. god yeah god breaks you and <laughs> <laughs> puts you back together right right we should praise the the the, gl- the glory the all the things on the earth yeah <laughs> yeah all right, calm down. Calm down there. Deep breath. Deep See, breath. And and someone sedate him, please. And here's God saying, "Yeah, it's okay to be like that sometimes." At least for one song. God's like, "I have this effect on people. It's all right." Yeah. People who meet me kind of have a tendency to go crazy. Right. <laughs> well, there and God says, um, I'm forgetting which chat which book it's in, but I think multiple times God says to Moses and others, you can't bear to see me. Yeah. I, you know, I got to hold back so that you don't, your brains don't explode. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this is in that, that realm. I am interested um, in the, the, the awesomeness uh, section, the middle section. Um, verse 7 says, you silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves. And then it feels a little bit out of nowhere, uh, the tumult of the peoples. Um, so we're, we're talking about, um, even while this section is talking about like the, the um, I think I said it better earlier, uh, the omnipresence of God. Yeah. Right? It's got kind of an earthy uh tone to it like because we're talking about mountains and we're talking Mm -hmm. about seas creation yes yeah and so like um it is kind of interesting that you know we're we're talking about the earth the farthest seas the mountains the roaring of the seas the roaring of their waves and then like kind of i don't know if it's just like a little dig or like what it is but it's like yeah you know the two molds of the peoples uh like the are they the 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 roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, like as is it drawing uh, that comparison of like this never-ending, ceaseless crash of unhappy people, <laughs> sort of <laughs> that ebbs and flows against time <laughs> in memoriam against the land. What, uh, it's uh, <laughs> looking at it in the context of the ver- couple verses before and after. It's. I think it's a beautiful description of God creates mountains and determines their height. And God creates the oceans and calms the waves hitting the shore. 
guy created people and they're a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. You know, that they're, God can't do much with them except self-revelation of God through creation. Mm-hmm. And it's up to the people whether they want to let go of their tumult or mm. step into verse 9 and experience God's provision and glory through creation. Yeah. Okay. And I guess you also do get, kind of get uh, um, these really epic um I'll call them entities, you mm-hmm. know, the mountains. Yeah. You know, the they're characters. Seas. They're characters in this. And then these little tiny people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm like, yep. so everything from. who, Even those who live at the earth's farthest bounds. Right. Who, if they pay attention, are awed by your signs. But not all of them pay attention. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I, I can kind of see that. So it's, so it is, there's also the juxtaposition of uh, the, you know, the, the the things that withstand test of time mm-hmm. and the things that don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, because so. the things that are named here, it's people who have the shortest lifespan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yet we usually think of ourselves as at the top of the pyramid. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, anything else about this song? Nope. Nope. We move on. Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 through 9 and then 18 through 23. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what was sown on the path. For as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Um, we have eight verses in between verse 9 and verse 18. Uh, you notice. <laughs> so we bookend the actual parable and then uh, something that isn't always done with parables, the explanation of the parable. Yeah. Um, so what did we skip? I just want to make sure I start at the right point. Um, we skip the question by the disciples of why do you speak in parables? Hmm. Um, okay. And and so part of the the really almost humor in this is 
Jesus tells a parable. The disciples say, another parable? Why are you talking parables? Jesus says, because it deepens your spirituality so much more mm. than a simple explanation. And then says, here then the parable of the sower and explains it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, Jesus gives up on him for a minute. <laughs> In a way, I kind of like that, uh, the, the human side of things, of yeah. being like, these these parables, what, you know, I, I, one can even imagine, like, some of the disciples are going, I'm not sure even I know what it means. Yeah, you know? Exactly. And so then Jesus turns around like, all right, so as unsatisfying as it is to explain your own joke, here we go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this Very. is what it means. Um and at first I was, I was almost about to ask uh, the, the question about what is off about this parable, um, because usually a, the parable, one of the other uh, uh, factors a of a parable is an unexpected twist and not in like a, oh, I didn't see that coming, but more of a, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but it's right. right at the top. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not really right at the top. It's, it's, it's so all throughout that, uh, that in a way it doesn't quite stand out. There's no reason a sower would sow seeds in all these places. Right. You would look at it and go, well, That's I'm dumb. sorry, Jesus, this this guy's a dum-dum. Yeah. Uh, he, like if he's he, taking valuable seeds. Right. If he's working for somebody, he's going to get fired. Yeah. Like, stop throwing it on the on the path. Stop throwing it in the thorns. It's not going to grow there. We, we have learned this technology. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're smarter than this. Uh, who wants to do that? And so um, I actually really do like this the fact that this gets explained because in my mind this is part of this is a parable that uh, uh later ties to commission right uh of you are the sower um and i i, I kind of cu curious to know which i never will um <laughs> what people who heard this initially thought about it because, you know, he hasn't done his commission speech yet. He hasn't, you know, there there isn't the call to go out yet uh, to at least not the well, crowds. There was a little, yeah, there was. Was there? Yeah, okay. we're past that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In Luke, which has this, this mm -hmm. is a Matthew and Luke pair, um, pair. It hasn't happened yet. It's This is very early on. Okay. Um, but you know, here we're, well, you know, all the way at chapter 13. Okay. So... Uh, they've gone out and have come back. Okay. 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 Well, then that makes it a lot more. Well, not really, because <laughs> I mean, Luke. Luke said, "Wait, this has got to be before they go, because this is they need to know this stuff." Right. This is they're about to do this stuff. Right. And whereas Matthew was okay. This is where it came. I mean, I'm sure he gave it more thought than that. But... Right. Well, I mean, I could see the other. I could see. I could see the the. If... If it did come after, actually, if it did come before or after, I could see somebody going, no, no, this makes a lot more sense to come before because it's instructional for them to go out. And another person going, no, no, this makes a lot more sense for it to be after because they might be asking themselves, why did I do, you know, yeah, why what? did I do that? Or, or it maybe like some a waste of the time. Yeah. Or some of the disciples came back and were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I heard what you said before. Uh, but there were a couple of places where I didn't even bother and here there was this reason and this reason. And this could be the reminder of like, no, 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 this is why you do that. Right. Um, 
but it does also, in a way, and now I'm speaking out both sides of my mouth. Um, That's a good Episcopalian. <laughs> there you go. In a way, this also is disheartening. Yeah. Because as you hear it, you go, well, why would I want to then? Yeah. You know, what good is it for me to, if I think the ground is rocky, you know, right. I know you're saying the sower should, but the, you know, the the flash in the pan spirituality that you just described doesn't sound good. <laughs> right. So, you know, it just, it, 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 in a way, I hesitate to say this, but I'm gonna. It, in a way, it falls short a little bit because it, while he's explaining it, he doesn't go to the uh, to the point where he says, "You as the sower are not responsible for what the ground right. is." Um, Just get it out. There. In, you're right, and in a way, there still seems like because it breaks down this way, it still seems as, as though there's a little bit of instruction of like, "You should know if you're on rocky ground." You should know if you're in the middle of thorns, like a sower would know. And and uh, well, and there's the parable, right, right. But because because it has this instructional second half of like, or an expl explanational yeah. second half, and it doesn't have that. That's not your worry, and you also don't know. You think you know, yeah, when it's good soil, but you don't because what kind of soil it is is up to the individual and. Nobody knows their heart. You don't know yeah. their hearts. That's what I kind of, I want this to say. I think it is. Well, it I, it kind of is. And maybe even very much so is. Okay. Um, one of the things that's frustrated me in modern times is, as in now times, is how within Christianity, there's been a, a huge focus on statistics. And yeah. And... Demographics, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, sort of like, um, says the priest to the future treasurer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean those statistics are going to say. But I have, boy, I mean, for forty years practically, I've been reading articles and books about. This is how you start a new church. This is how you mm. grow a church. Right. And it over and over talks about, these will talk about, this is what has worked in the past. This is what will work in the future. And one of the big things is only plant in really good soil. Yeah. If it's, if it's not the right soil, the effort will fail. We'll run out of money. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Will not be what you want. And it's always focused on that. You have to have a vision for what you want it to be rather than this approach, which is scatter the seed and see what happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's obviously an exaggeration on both ends of that. But too often, particularly in um, Protestant Christianity, there's been an unquestioned support for like attracts like mm -hmm. and so if you want to have a young congregation recruit people of that generation if you want an older congregation repeat recruit people of that rather than form a community that's multi-generational mm. yeah yeah 
I mean, that's just a very shallow example, but all sorts of ways like that. Sure. No, I, I think you're, I, I don't think you're wrong on that yeah. at all. Um, we do, we do, um, we do get very sidetracked uh, in, in that regard. Well, and the other thing is, this is one of those places where baseball works as a much better analogy of Christianity than football. Okay. Or other sports where there's that, that old, very accurate description of a baseball hitter, a top baseball hitter is successful less than one third of the time. Yeah. And that's part of what this parable is saying. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas in other sports, it's like, well, you know, unless you score a touchdown on this percentage of your carries or catches or throws, then you should be cut. Right. 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 No, you're not wrong. I'm just trying to think in my head uh, statistically whether or not hockey is an even better uh, analogy. It might be. Um, yes. Not from a goalie standpoint, of course, because <laughs> you got to be successful about 90% of the time. But, uh, but you know, as, as somebody who takes shots, yeah, uh, your statistics are probably going to be pretty low. Yeah, and you can't um, stop taking shots. Right, exactly. You never know. You never know when a, you know, a bounce helps you out yep. or a deflection or a, you know. Yeah. Lean into the Look, chaos. I like, oh, I like my analogy better. <laughs> I do. I think both work well. Mostly because I, I, I like the, the, because of the team sport aspect of it. Uh, even if you're the one who takes the shot, you might not be the one who right. scores the goal. Exactly. Um, that is. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can amen that, brother. There you go. There you go. Um. So, uh, um, anything else about, uh, this, uh, this gospel reading without revealing what you're going to talk about on Sunday? Uh, I may be quoting Woody Hayes if I go and Ooh. go deep into the sports analogy. If I don't, feel free to ask me at coffee hour. What was that going to be? <laughs> there you go. Oh, a good hook. I like it. Yeah. I like ending on a good hook. Well then, uh, let's call that the end of this, your podcast for July 16th, the seventh Sunday after Pentecost in year A. And as has been the case for a long time, uh, we encourage you to join us uh, in worship, however it fits for you and your uh, your household. So uh, at, on Sunday, 8 and 10 in person, 10 o'clock service will be broadcast on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. And um, feel free to reach out to us uh, if you have any questions, any uh, comments at shortcut at hfec.org. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.